Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's been hectic for your boy, but I don't know how Daniel's doing. Daniel, how are you doing? I've been pretty good, man. It's It's been a little busy lately, but I'm happy to be back at it. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. So uh, we're going to start with uh, Dietrico versus Zach Cummings. We talked to Zach Cummings. Pretty neat dude. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Dietrico? Uh Alessio Dietrico, a decent young little uh, little middleweight here. Uh, kind of a slight of build guy, but which is going to be an interesting matchup against uh, Zach Cummings, who's a little bit of a mauler. Uh, but DeSharico, six foot, uh, 185, decently sized. He's fought at light heavyweight before, uh, which is interesting to me because, like I said, he's not built very big. Uh, he's coming off back-to-back losses. One of those was against Kevin Holland, but uh, he's kind of pretty well-rounded. He's got five knockout wins, four by submission, three by decision. So, he can kind of do it multiple ways. He's got a performance of the night uh, under his belt when he knocked out Olawale Bam, uh, excuse me, Olawale Bongabose uh, with a knee uh, back in 2017. So he's been around in the UFC for a while. Made his debut back in 2016. They kept him around even though he lost. He's he's an experienced middleweight that that has uh, fought at light heavyweight before in his career, and he's a well-rounded guy that matched up with Zach Cummings who is an interesting guy as we talk to him. I think this will be a decent little fight. Yeah, and not as Zach Cummings, man. I mean, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, he likes to grapple. He likes to get you to the ground. And he has some L's against uh, Tim Kennedy and Akhmadov, who recently lost to Chris Weidman. So he's no he's no uh, slug by, the meat, by any means. And for Keys, uh, I think it depends on where the fight goes. I think if Dietrico keeps it on the feet, he'll win this and make it if he turns into a kickboxing match. And if Zach Cummings gets to the ground, I think it's all him. What do you have to say? I can't disagree with that. Zach Cummings is very, very well-versed on the ground. That's where he makes his money. And DeSharico can can kind of roll with some guys, but he's got more knockouts than anything uh, to his credit. And I think, like you said, if this turns into more of a straight kickboxing fight, that's where his best chance will be. All right. Uh, to predictions, I think Zach Cummings gets back – gets back on track here. He does maintain distance well, and I think he has good enough striking ability to set up his takedowns. And I think that's what he got. What do you think? Yeah, I think Zach Cummings takes this one by submission. All right, here we go. On to the next matchup. Uh, Maki Patola versus uh, Impa Kasaganai. Uh, Kasaganai recently coming off the contender series just less than two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. And Maki Patolo, it's been three weeks since his uh, loss uh, I don't remember against whom. Do you remember? Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart, yes, uh, when he knocked, locked in that nice triangle. So, to coconut bombs, I mean, I mean, it, that's, that nickname itself is pretty self-explanatory. He has heavy hands. He's quick. He has great movement. And this is his third fight this year, and second in three weeks. So, we, we have to see what's up with him. What, what do you have to say about Patolo? Yeah, Patolo has, like you said, fought. This is the third time he'll have fought this year and the third, third time he's fought in the last three months. So he's obviously in shape. He's obviously 
trying to turn around quickly after that loss to Darren Stewart and get back on track. Uh, he obviously didn't take a lot of damage in that fight, so I wouldn't consider that much of an issue with it being an early first-round finish. But like you said, Patola's a guy that just throws bombs, and he, he's a, a really compact guy. He's a 185er who's only five foot nine. So he's got a ton of power and he's able to kind of centralize it and generate it because he's got such a low center of gravity. He can kind of uh, explode and spring towards his opponent. And if he catches you once, you're, you're going to go down and it might be over from there. Yeah. And it's the same case with this Impic Saganai, man. I mean, this dude is huge. If you've ever seen a picture of him, he probably walks around at 250. He's probably like Paula Costa, but no one's like Paula Costa. Let's just get that straight. And he's, He's quite good. I mean, he throws bombs. If he catches you, I think you're done. But he's very wild. And if uh, Patolo catches him and stays patient, Patolo wins this fight. And for Keys, uh, that just good, uh, good leeway into it. Pick shots, keep distance. What do you have to say? Yeah, that's that's what makes the most sense for Patolo. If I'm uh, Impa Kasangane coming into this fight – the way I'm thinking about it is I'm not trying to gas myself out too early. Like you said, he's a big guy that's going to have to probably cut a lot of weight coming into this one. Uh, but he's got quite a few decision wins, actually, on his professional record. He's fought seven times as a pro, and five of, those, five of his wins are by decision. So he's a guy with, with some gas in the tank if he doesn't blow up early. And obviously, Maki Patolo is going to try to make this a fight in close. And I don't think Kasangane is going to want to – kind of roll into that type of fight because if he does if he has to stand a bang with Maki Patolo and get into a place where the first one that catches somebody clean on the chin is going to win the fight I don't think that's Kasangane's best bet even though he does have a lot of power yep all right predictions uh I like Kasangane a lot but I think Maki Patolo is going to win this because he's just going to catch Impa coming into the pocket what do you have to say I think we're going to see Kasangane win this one he's a 26 year old with only seven professional fights he's seven and zero. and typically the UFC you're not signing guys uh, with only seven professional fights uh even though that was off the contender series you're not bringing guys uh, like that in against people like Maki Patolo that have 19 pro fights and, and decent records in those 19 fights so I'm going to take Kasangane. I think there's there's some big plans for this guy, and I think he gets off on the right track. All right, I respect that. Okay, to a fight that should happen. This has been scheduled for the third or fourth time, I think. Magomed Ankalev versus Ion Kudabela. Kudalaba, my bad. Uh, Ankalev, I'm just going to head right into this. 14-1, eight knockouts. Dagestani, you know, where, you know he has that pedigree. Uh, Master of Sport and MMA uh, Combat Sambo. And he has four wins in a row right now. He's quite aggressive, too but he's controlled when it comes to his aggression. What do you have to say about Uncle Liv? You, you summed it up really well. Dagestani background, uh, that's that kind of – Dagestani background is kind of becoming what you can – similar to what you can say about a guy that's got a Brazilian background. You know what you're going to get in this fight. You're going to get a hard-nosed guy that can wrestle. But in, in Uncle Iev's case, he's got a lot of power too, eight knockouts. And he's never submitted anybody, but obviously – He's going to have that swarming style. Uh, he lost his UFC debut to Paul Craig back in 2018, but like you said, four in a row. And some, some decently impressive uh, wins. Marcin Procnio, uh, who we just saw fight Mike, Mike Rodriguez this past weekend. He's got two performances of the night. Uh, and obviously it was kind of a questionable uh, decision to end that fight the last time these two went at it uh, when Kutalaba was 
uh, put out by TKO from Ankalaev. But Ankalaev's a guy I really like, and I think he's he's going to have a really good chance uh, to take a step forward in this division if he can win this with this weekend. Oh, for sure. And on to Kudalaba. I mean, Kudalaba is as round, round as well rounded as it gets. Uh, he has a sambo, kickboxing, and judo Greco-Roman uh, wrestling background. He can do it anywhere. Uh, 15 and 5, 12 knockouts. He, he can do it all. Very refined, fixes shots, and he likes to clinch. Uh, what do you have to say? Yeah, Kudalaba, like you said, uh, a, a pretty well-rounded background. Uh, you look at his record, 12 knockouts, two submissions, one decision. But he's not just a, a big mauler that's going to just try to punch you in the face uh, like you see with a lot of bigger – uh, 205ers like him. He's a European combat Sambo champion from back in 2012. So he's got that style as well. And this is just something that I wanted to bring up. I was, I was looking at these guys' Wikipedia pages just in preparation for this, uh, for this preview. And somebody has gone on to Ion Kudalaba's uh, Wikipedia page. And if you look on these guys' Wikipedia pages for UFC fighters, uh, there's just a big chart. And the first thing on the left is the result of the previous fight. It would be win, loss, whatever. Somebody's gone on to Kutalaba's uh, Wikipedia page and changed the result for the last fight between these two guys to robbery. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Kutalaba, Ion. So, uh, obviously, this will turn more to the keys. Uh, but these are two guys that it seems like they've been waiting forever to get oh. the second fight. <laughs> to get the second fight between these two guys. And I'm so excited for it. I think these are two guys that are going to be raring at the bit to come at each other, and I think it's going to be really exciting. Ooh, okay. Fun stuff. Robbery. Got to love it. Okay. So, uh, for Keys, I think um, Enclave's got to control his aggression, pick his shots, and I think uh, Kulaba should be smart, pick his shots, and use Enclave's aggression against him. What do you have to say? I think Kudalaba is going to have to come in with a high guard because we know Ankalaev loves to use his legs, loves to throw high kicks. That's what got him the win uh, in the first fight between these two. He he landed a head, a front kick, excuse me, in his fight before that. So Ankalaev loves to use his feet, loves to throw high kicks with those long legs. So a high guard is going to be really important for Kudalaba, in my opinion, for this one. And then Kudalaba, like you said, is going to have to let Ankalaev make the mistakes. That's That's going to be the problem. He wasn't really able to handle Ankalaev's rush uh, right at him for the most part in the first fight, and I think that's why it ended in less than a minute. So Kudalaba is going to have to work on the pace of this fight and not let Ankalaev come right after him at the beginning and probably let his opponent gas out early so he can take control starting to get into the middle rounds. Well, it's a three-round fight, so the second round. All right, so here we go to the next bout uh Oh, right. Predictions. Uh, give me Uncle Live by knockout. What do you have to say? Uncle Live by KO, man. All right, here we go. All right, Ricardo Lamas uh, versus uh, Billy Al- Algio. Bill Algio. I mean, Bill Algio coming off the contender series. And Ricardo Lamas, a former uh, featherweight title challenger. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lamas? Uh, Ricardo Lamas, like you said, a former uh, title challenger at flyweight. And here he is, uh, 38 years old. Five foot eight, fighting at 145 now. Black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, former Division three wrestler at Elmhurst College. So he's been around the block for a really long time. He's only fought 27 times, though. But he's he's been uh, out here fighting. He's been in the UFC since 2011. So this is one of the most experienced guys on the roster. 
like you said, challenged Jose Aldo for the UFC Featherweight Championship. He's uh, fighting uh, still at Featherweight. But this is a guy that has had a little bit of trouble the last few years, has lost three of his last four. But they've come to Josh Emmett, Mursad Bektich, and Calvin Cater. So there's there's no way to to hang your head over losing to those three guys. Uh, he had a decision loss to Max Holloway. He's beaten Charles Oliveira, like, and he's beaten Cub Swanson. This is a guy that has has fought almost everyone there is to fight in the division, and he's not in a position probably to contend for the title anymore. Uh, but he's a really stiff challenge for. Uh, some exciting guys like Bill Algio that are coming off the contender series. Yeah, and let's talk about Bill Algio, highly touted prospect, like you said, uh, ROC champ back in his uh, regional promotion days. Keeps great distance, and he likes his rear naked choke. Uh, five of his six submissions have come by rear naked choke, and the other one is an arm triangle. I mean, this guy can do it everywhere, though. Uh, three KOs, six subs, so he's very decent at striking, too. What do you have to say about Algio? Algio is, like you said, really good at keeping distance, really good at submitting people. And he sets up his submissions through striking and keeping guys at a distance. I think that's what's the most impressive about him. And he's going to have a big size advantage here. Ricardo Lamas is only five foot eight. Bill Algio is going to come in at six foot as a 145er, which is kind of huge if you really think about it. He's not going to carry a ton of weight, but in terms of length, he's going to have a massive advantage in this fight, which I think, like you said, because he likes to keep his distance so much, is going to be really important. All right. So for Keys, I think Lamas is to get to the ground, but, uh, but Algio is no slouch on the ground either. So I think Algio is just too good and with keeping his distance. So I think that that's my keys. What do you have to say? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Lamas is going to have to find a p- position where he can get in tight, which, like I said, with that reach difference is going to be tough to do. But if he can get in tight against Algio and find an opportunity for a takedown, that's probably going to be his best bet. I'm not sure he'll be able to do it because uh, Algio uses his reach so well. Uh, but Lamas, if he can find an opportunity to take this fight to the ground, uh, he's going to have to do it if he wants to win. All righty. Uh, so predictions, give me Algio by decision. What do you have to say? I'm going to take Algio with a uh, – I don't know. That, that's a tough one. I'm going to go decision because I think he's going to be able to handle himself on the feet, and I don't think he wants to go to the ground against Lamas. Yeah, definitely. All right. To the only women's fight on the card, a flyweight bout, uh, Jiang Kim versus uh, Alexa Grasso. Uh, uh, so um, what are your thoughts on G? Uh, Jiyeon Kim, South Korean, 30 years old, uh, like you said, fighting at 125, and she's got a pretty interesting background. Uh, she's a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, pairs that up with a third-degree black belt in Hapkido and a, a black belt in Wushu. So she has a grappling background. She's got a striking background. Uh, she's really, really a well-rounded fighter. She's got two knockouts, three submissions, four wins by decision. And she's kind of on the up and coming in, in the UFC. She's been there since 2017, has won three of her last four. Her last loss was to Antonina Shevchenko, which honestly is not a, uh, not a knock on anybody. She's one of the most refined strikers in the world in, in terms of women's 125ers. Uh, but with, with Jiyeon Kim, I think her grappling combined with, with that Wushu background is really interesting because she's obviously able to combine uh, grappling and striking, and it's, it's in a traditional sense, and it's refined, which I always love to see in the UFC. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to add anything to that because you summed her up perfectly, but I'm going to talk about Grasso. Grasso, uh, her only three losses have come against people that are pretty darn good. Uh, Herrig, Tatiana Suarez, and Carla Esparza. There's no slouches there. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt, smooth combos. She's very smooth with her striking, very smart with it. Uh, do you have anything to add? Nothing, man. All right, sweet. Um, for uh, Keys, uh, I think for G, it's to get it to the ground. I, I think Alexa Grasso is too refined on the feet. And for speaking of Grasso, expose her uh, G's wild uh, punches. She kind of comes in wild if she wants to get you. So if she's smooth, patient, uh, I think she'll catch her by knockout. What do you have to say? I think for G, this is going to be an opportunity to take this fight to the ground. This is going to be interesting for Alexa Grasso because despite being ranked at, uh, at straw weight, this is uh, going to be her flyweight division debut. She's moving up a weight class and I think if G can get this to the ground and kind of grind this one out don't give Alexa Grasso a lot of room to breathe if she's not used to carrying that extra 10 pounds her conditioning could be off obviously we've seen people have trouble making their debuts in other weight classes if they're going up or down but I think if G keeps the pressure up doesn't give Alexa Grasso room to breathe she could have a really good chance to win this fight all right uh, predictions for Grasso, I think it's knockout by Grasso. What do you have to say? I think so, too. As much as I just talked about the opportunities that uh, G could have to, to kind of cut Grasso's conditioning off in this fight, I don't think uh, Grasso would be moving up to this weight class if she didn't know what she was getting into. And I think she probably, uh, if, if she is moving up 5'5", five five, she may be in more of a natural flyweight anyway. If she can, she can stick G good at some point, this fight will be over quick. All right, so to the comment event of the evening, Ruthless Robbie Lawler, the man needs no introduction, versus Neil Magny. So, uh, a little bit on Lawler, Sanford MMA. We talked to his wrestling coach uh, just the other day, high school wrestling, and brawler, Ruthless. Uh, see, Ruthless Robbie Lawler, it's in the name. What do you have to say? Yeah, Robbie Lawler, like you said, needs no introduction. He's been around the block, man. Welterweight, middleweight, he's done it all. He's fought with – he's come out of the best camps in the world, Sanford MMA, American Top Team, latest fighting systems. This guy does it all. He's, he's lost three in a row, but it's been to, to Rafael Desanos, Ben Askren, and Colby Covington. There's, there's no reason to, to hang your head after that. Obviously, <clears throat> uh, multiple, multiple defenses of the UFC welterweight championship, strike force middleweight – or. Strike Force Middleweight Championship Challenger. So this guy's done it in two different weight classes. He's got a ton of power. And like you said, he's got a wrestling background he can lean on if he runs into trouble. All right. Daniil Magny, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, uh, Army vet, uh, presses forward a lot and stre- likes to stretch out the fights. So many of his uh, wins have come via the decision, tw- 13 to be exact. So what are your thoughts on Magny? You summed it up really well. Neil Magny's just a guy that's well-rounded and knows how to win fights. Uh, I've talked so much about how people think uh, that Kamara Usman is a boring fighter. and that. Ha- uh, okay, guys. Uh, Daniel's power went out, so therefore his Wi-Fi went out. So I'm just going to finish this one up myself. Neil Magny, like we said. And so let's get on to the keys. The keys for Lawler is end it quickly. Neil Magny has a gas tank that's basically unlimited. So I think if – and for Magny, stretch it out. Uh, but he can't end it early. Robbie Lawler doesn't have much chin left. He's 38. But – We'll see what happens. So I think Neil Magny is going to take this one by decision. All right. To the, to the main event of the evening. Sorry, it's not as fun without Daniel. I know. 
Smith versus Rakic. Alexander Rakic is a very underrated striker. I'm mean, very underrated. He's very good at striking. Nope. No duh. Uh, very underrated in this light heavyweight division. Anthony Smith, we're going to talk about Anthony Smith right now. He can get it done literally anywhere. 18 knockouts, 12 subs, former light heavyweight championship challenger, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, kickboxing, striking. Now, he didn't do too good against uh, what's-his-face, um, Glover Teixeira. Uh, he, he probably could have died in that fight. The, the corner should have stopped after the fourth round, in my opinion. But Smith, he still has a lot left in the tank. He's only 32. He came up from middleweight a few years back, and we've seen what he can do. So uh, we'll see what's up with that. And uh, on to Alexander Rakic, kickboxing, straight kickboxing. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt in case he does get taken to the ground. And he is extremely powerful. You saw his knockout against uh, Ozdemir, if I'm not mistaken, out cold. I mean, it's like I turned out the lights in my living room uh, at midnight straight darkness anyway so rackage 12 and 2 9 ko's he gets it done uh and for keys i think anthony smith's best bet is to take it on the ground i think alexander rackage is way way too refined on the feet for anthony smith's uh liking uh and for rackage keep it on the feet and i think he has a decent grappling ability that he won't get submitted by smith so therefore Alexander Rakic will win this fight by uh, TKO. He won't knock Smith out cold. He has one hell of a chin. All right, guys. Um, that will do it for right now. I don't know what the schedule is going to be. Stuff's been crazy with my job. So uh, I'll see you guys whenever, I guess.